in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The United States men's national team drew with El Salvador. Nil-nil yesterday. That was the first game of World Cup qualifying. Not off to the greatest of starts. Did our guy... Oh, I was going to say, our Sharp didn't pick them, right? No, he picked Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee football. I saw, I, th- I saw Tennessee in the press box last night won. Um, you worried? Not really. Uh, <laughs> well, you're not also not worried. No, yeah, not yet. I mean, they're still at the well, end of the day. Loss. They're going <laughs> to exactly. They're going to play 13 more games, and they need to get to a eh, 23 points in this qualifying to get to the World Cup. That's a good number to go on. So, getting to 23 points, you're looking at you know seven. That'd be seven wins and one more draw over the next 13 games. They get seven home games. So. Not that they're going to win every home game, but hopefully they can go on the road and beat somebody like Honduras or Jamaica or something like that. But can they win seven of their next 13? They should be in a really good spot to qualify for the World Cup. I think they'll do that. I think they'll win seven of their next 13. Percentage of disaster for whatever reason they don't qualify. Don't qualify? 5%. No, no, no. I'm saying they don't qualify. I think they're qualifying too, but let's say they don't. Percentage is just complete disaster. Oh, just, if they don't qualify, I don't know what you do with this, with this U.S. soccer. If they don't qualify, that's what I'm saying. If this team doesn't qualify, this is like we're going to be talking about this like it's our golden generation. If they don't qualify <laughs> for the World Cup out of Concacaf, are you kidding me? If Honduras gets in over us, if these Go El Salvadorians <laughs> get in, unbelievable. I don't know what you do. Jamaica. I mean, if we're if we're anywhere close to not qualifying with like. What five six? Yeah, games so I'm saying left. like five games left. In I like, mean, Burhalter's getting fired. I assume if we're if we're like legitimately looking at not being qualified, and there's five or six games left in qualifying, you got to fire the coach. Ronaldo for head coach. I mean, you got to do something if that's the case. So it'd be a complete disaster. And I don't know where you go from that. I mean, last time you didn't qualify, and they could completely remake the roster. All right, it's kind of an older roster. Get rid of these guys. We got right. a bunch of young. Well, we got kids a, bunch of young, a bunch of young that guys we can now. try with. If they don't do it now, what do you do? Go go back to the old guys? Like, it's it's a disaster if they don't make it. Next question. The Giants host the Dodgers in a three-game series this weekend. They're tied for first in the NL West. Are you actually going to avoid watching it? You told uh, us yesterday. No, I know. I'm, I'm, off. I'm off the grid. You're not the, watching all After the show, I'm off the grid. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to. No. Nope, I'm off the grid. You're not even going to check no. the score Friday or Saturday. I'm actually so worried because I'm just like I'm sure like you two guys, you have your favorite teams. The minute a Dodger game is over, I get their alert. You know the score. I don't know how I'm gonna like. I, I want to avoid it. Know so how to turn that off. I, I don't. I, I have no clue how to turn that off. So <laughs> there's no chance I can turn my my alerts off. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to avoid Twitter for the next three days? I gotta be honest. I don't think a lot of people tweet about games. Uh, no, so they don't tweet about the Dodgers a lot, do they? I don't see that a lot. 
I mean, they might say something to me in like some comment. Yeah, I'll be off. I'm off the grid. Okay. I, let, let me put it this way. I'm going to do everything humanly possible not to know the scores. Now, if something happens, something happens. But it's not, I'm, I will not search for it at all. Okay. There's right. got to be. And I don't see you guys Monday because we're off Monday because of the holidays. So I won't see you till Tuesday. And by then, I hope they're up four games. Mm. By, I, by I will, then, I hope I have uh, several highlights saved up. <laughs> yes. I will text you Astros Padres scores just for you. Well, you're going to be there. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll take those scores, especially <laughs> if it's Astros six Padres. Yes. It, it, as a Dodger fan, you just know, know my disdain when I root for a team like the Astros over the Padres. My disdain <laughs> for the Padres. I literally root for them. I, I just. Uh... Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. The Buccaneers are 100% vaccinated. That is players and staff. So we now have the Falcons and the Buccaneers as the two NFL teams that are 100% vaccinated. Um, on the Raiders side of this, they just signed a guy that's not vaccinated. Didn't or traded for a guy that's not vaccinated. Denzel Perryman. He said yesterday that he's now considering getting the vaccine because that he feels like an outcast because he's not allowed to even eat with any of his teammates. Are you surprised the Raiders traded for somebody that wasn't vaccinated while we have other teams that are hitting that 100% mark? I'm not surprised anything they're doing. Uh, what did they do this morning? They did something to clear space. They redid Ngakwe's contract <laughs> to clear space. Out. <laughs> so, so, they re so they're doing everything in their power to get to the playoffs. So, no, I am not surprised at that. I also think, and we talked about this, and I, I heard Brian Windhorst on ESPN last night when I'm driving home from the game talking about the NBA restrictions. you got to sit in the back of the plane. You can't play cards. You can't do this. That NBA guys are not going to – they're, they're going to start getting vaccinated, I think, because I don't think you can go through an all-NBA season with the restrictions that are going to put on those guys. Maybe same with football as well. Now, there's not as many games in football, so maybe you'll last longer in football. I think NBA guys a month in are going to, if not sooner, are going to get vaccinated. When I, I didn't know those restrictions yeah. until I heard Winhurst. I'm like, NBA guys like their cards. They like their special seats. They like a lot of things. They travel a lot. They're on planes all the time. I don't know if you're going to get many guys who are going to go to the wall on the vaccination in the NBA. Maybe in the NFL, but not the NBA. Yeah, I'd be surprised in the NBA, too. NFL, I mean, honestly, the NFL has a really high vaccination rate. It was yes, the last report yes. from the NFLPA was like 93%. Yeah. Now, that was before the cut down, so that percentage might change. But they, they had a really high vaccination yeah. rate, but there's still, you know, a couple teams that are 100%, which means everybody I else mean, has at least one multiple guys that are not vaccinated. And it's, as we heard Denzel Perryman say yesterday... You're like an outcast because you can't eat with your teammates. You right. can't. You can't basically associate. And that's not going to stop. Yeah, and that, that's not. Oh yeah, that's not changing. The NFL's not changing that because right. they, they effectively want everyone to get vaccinated. Yes. They just can't make them get vaccinated. They're just trying to coerce them whatever way they can. And this is how. And it sounds like it might work on Denzel Perryman because he said he's considering it. So, fifty percent of the city of Tampa is considered fully vaccinated. That, that's that's basically the Buccaneers staff and team. <laughs> Only 50%? I could be like mostly the Buccaneers. Jeez. 50% of Tampa? Well, I mean, Tampa. That's pretty good, though, like for Tampa. Florida. That's, I was going to say, that's actually, they're probably leading, they're leading the state. Next question. Ohio State beat Minnesota last night. But a more fun story from the offseason was Quinn Ewers is going to make $1.4 million off name, image, and likeness. He is a freshman quarterback at Ohio State. He was originally in the class of 2022, but he left high school early because the state of Texas does not allow 
high schoolers to profit off of name, image, and likeness. So he said, screw that. I'm going to reclassify and go to college early. He is signed with a marketing company, and they're effectively paying him $1.4 million so that they can then market him and get him Good into for him. So he went from what have been a high school senior this year to making $1.4 million while presumably sitting on the sideline the whole year for Ohio State. I'll skip the prom for that. USA. USA. You know, you don't have to go to homecoming prom or Sadie Hawkins for $1.4 million. I'll take the money. You don't want to be homecoming king? No. For $1.4 million? No. <laughs> I told you what I was going to do if I ever got the $3 million That uh, uh, Who gets the three point? Oh, the Royals, Royals contract. Yeah. Like you guys both, you'll never see me again for the rest of your life. Someone gives me three point five million today. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I also don't think you will see three. I was gonna say, yeah. No, the whole idea is I give it a green span. So in a year we have seven point three, and a year after that we have thirty point three. So the way she invests and can do things with money, I'm just gonna let oh, her. So have you it. won't be retiring. You'll be. It'll be invested until you die. <laughs> well, I won't work. I just won't get as much good stuff as sure? I want to. Are you sure you won't? No, work? I won't. Actually, she'd probably have me here at 5.30 in the morning. Sitting, yeah, she'll be probably like, just throw me out of bed. I'm like, don't we have like $42 million? Let's yeah. go. Get there. It's not liquid, Ed. You got to keep it invested. It's not <laughs> I'll liquid. I'll tell you what. If I get $3.5 million, I'm buying one fake horse. <laughs> I got to have at least one of them. <laughs> Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. San Diego State will play Michigan in basketball this year. It's going to be in Ann Arbor. So it is a return to Michigan for Brian Dutcher and... Assuming he goes, former San Diego State coach Steve Fisher. That's a that's a fun matchup. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Juwan Howard being the coach helped a lot because um, he's he's like best friends with the Dutcher. I mean, they're still like really really close, so it's a good matchup. They, you know, they haven't had great non conference schedules, obviously, but this year I think they have ASU, USC, uh, Georgetown, Michigan. That's actually a good non conference schedule. But them going back for the first time, it'll be interesting. You know, they're going to walk into Chrysler with no, without the banners and stuff. I mean, that's going to be an interesting time as to uh, between then and now. Um, but I think they're excited to do it. I would I would think they're excited to go back. They're, I'm sure they both – I'm sure Fisher will go, and I'm sure they both know a ton of people that are still there that remember the Fab Five and everything. But, yeah, if Juwan Howard's not the coach, I don't know if it happens, but Juwan Howard's the coach, so it's going to happen. I don't know if you know this. Do Michigan fans like Steve Fisher? I don't know. Okay, I, I can't. I, I have no. And, you know, obviously the kids at this point would be, would have never right. been there during yeah. that. So I don't know. I don't know what they think. Um, I'm sure he still has a lot of friends there. Um, I don't know that. I I, I I have no idea about that. I think it's a cool game. Uh, it'd be tough, obviously, to go win there. But um, I think they had to do it eventually. And like I said, I mean, if it was going to happen, it was going to happen against a guy that they recruited and and played for them and still is very close to them. Man, you know that's a great question. Evander Kane has obtained a restraining order against his wife. Uh, Kane has accused her of punching him in the face multiple times. Uh, his wife has accused Kane of gambling on NHL games. He's also being sued because he allegedly promised a woman $2 million if she got an abortion. Uh, she got the abortion and then he did not pay. It was the third time he had this woman get an abortion and paid her in some oh well, i guess he didn't pay her the third time but offered to pay her i look he i don't know if his wife punched him but did you get the feeling because we have enough evidence i think on our side to say this is a really bad dude that he said can i just get something on her so my headlines aren't all about me i saw them like eh, 
I'm like, it's such bad headlines with the abortion and the $2 million. Was he like, hey, how can we like put the headlines on someone else? I don't know. I don't know if she hit him. It's an unbelievably bad offseason for Vanda oh. King. I don't think you could oh. have a worse offseason as a, as a player. Like, he's being sued because he allegedly promised a woman $2 million if she got an abortion and then didn't pay it. And that's not the worst thing that's happened this offseason. His own teammates have basically come out. It's him or us. Yeah. Right. Who gets traded easier? Deshaun Watson or Vander Kane? I mean, Sean Watson because he's better at the sport. True. Oof. Oh, it's top five at the sport of Andy yeah. Kane. Evander Kane's not. I mean, Kane, That's I mean a good Kane. I think was actually was there's one of the Sharks' best players he's good. last year. He's still a good player, yeah, he's good. but no, you're right. Uh, Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback. I don't think there's any team in the NHL that could trade for Evander Kane right now. We do know there's a couple of NFL teams that could trade for Absolutely. Deshaun Watson. So it's Watson. I'd still be surprised if he does get traded, but it is Watson. He's more tradable just oh, because yeah, he's, he's elite. plays the most important position in that sport, and he's one of the best yeah. if he ever gets to play again at doing it. So, yeah, he's the one just because of that. All right, coming up next, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Do they hate each other? It's third and two from the Rebel 42. This is a very big play now. 6.45 to play in a tie game. Merritt back in a running back. Three men wide left, one man wide right on third and two. There's the snap. Barry wants to throw. He's in heavy traffic, and he's sacked. He's sacked at the 46-yard line, and knifing in to get him was Jacoby Windman. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Think the Big 12's interested in UNLV losing Eastern Washington? No, but the more, te- the more, let me assist the more teams that go to the Big 12, does that open up more opportunity for UNLV to go to the Pac 12 eventually? Maybe if the Pac 12 actually if wants they actually want to, expand. to expand. Yeah. But they might look at it. We, we talked to John Wilner last week and he was like, there aren't really hey. teams that add value. Right. And right. That could change in the future. It can change. But right now, the Pac 12 looked at it and said, there's nobody that would add value. So. What changes between now and three, four years from now for UNLV that they would add value would be the big question. The best Twitter argument I saw, and I can't remember who it was between, was between a UNLV fan and a Baylor fan about TV market size. And in my brain, I'm just like, okay, because you you definitely don't want to get your foot in Texas. It's not a good state to be in. Um, Now, on the college football conference realignment here, the Big 12, so there's a report yesterday from the Athletics that the Big 12 is focused on four schools for expansion. UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU. Uh, Stephen Godfrey has reported this morning. He said, I know Houston and Cincinnati will be invited and will accept. So that's two teams that, according to that, they're going to be in the Big 12. Uh, Brett McMurphy reported that BYU could join the Big 12 as soon as next season. They're obviously an independent. It's much easier for them to leave a con- leave and join a conference because they don't have to leave a conference, uh, which would leave Central Florida as the only of these four schools that has not actually been reported as to whether or not they will or will not accept or when they could possibly join. But it certainly sounds like the Big 12 is about to add those four schools, Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, and Central Florida. A, that happened pretty quickly. 
yes, where the Big did. 12 pivoted Given very the Pac-12, quickly. like you said right away, said right. we're not doing this. Happened pretty quickly if, in fact, this is going to play out as it's going to play out. But B, the, the interesting part here is the timing of this. Because, again, officially, Oklahoma and Texas are not leaving the Big 12 until after the television contract is up in 2025. Supposedly. Right? That's officially when they're leaving. Now, they can leave earlier, but they'd have to pay a penalty. That penalty is it's like $100-plus or something like that, and that gets split up amongst all the Big 12 teams. So the timing here is fascinating where there's a chance that these four schools get added to the Big 12 before Oklahoma and Texas officially leave and there's a chance these four schools would split some of the money that Texas and Oklahoma yeah. would have to pay to the conference. If I'm a Big 12 school right now, Texas Tech, Baylor, others, I might say, you guys can come in, but you're not getting any of this. Well, and I'd still come in. I, that's, I'm curious. I'd if still you, come like, in. If you're, let's, just, let's just say you're Houston. And you know there's a possibility, hey, if we get the hell in early, we could get a check for $10, $20, $30, million. I don't know what the exact number is. I wonder if you're Houston, if like when you're talking to the Big 12 and they're like, well, do you want to join? And you're like, you use that negotiating wise. You're like, well, how much of that money are you going to get? Might us? get a percentage. Yeah. Might, might not yeah. get a full share. And that's what I would think would happen. Yeah, you'd not get a full share, when, maybe. When the Big 10 expanded and they added Nebraska, Rutgers, and Maryland, right? They brought those three teams in, but they made them wait like, I think it was four years where those three schools could not get the full television uh, revenue money that the other schools would get. They still got some, but the other schools were still getting a much bigger chunk than Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers. Now, after the four-year period or whatever it was, Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers got their full share, but that might be what it is if, in fact, they join before Oklahoma and Texas Is leave. this the Big 12 answer because they're pissed they're not in the alliance of which nobody knows what the alliance means? <laughs> like, well, you're not going to let us in. Okay, then we're going to go get some teams that you might want one day. We're going to go get the BYUs and the Houstons that you guys might have wanted one day and because we feel like kind of neglected out here that we're not in the alliance of which nobody knows what means. What's actually fascinating is Stephen Godfrey, when he he was tweeting about it this morning, about uh, Houston and Cincinnati likely to accept, he said that multiple people he's talked to have brought up basketball and not the football side, which is... I didn't know basketball meant that much compared to football. It's, it's bizarre because all <laughs> we've heard, the every it's time football. there's conference football. realignment, football. it's about football. Yep. That's the important sport yep. here. Basketball is just long for the ride. That's why... Right. Kansas, this is the second time now. Kansas has been in a situation where they're like, are we going to be in a yeah, good conference exactly. despite having one of the best, best basketball programs yeah. in America? So it's interesting to hear them mention basketball because, listen, the Big 12 is really good at basketball. Very good. Even if you lose Texas and Oklahoma, it's still a really good basketball conference. And you look at Houston and Cincinnati and BYU – those are solid programs. Absolutely. Those are good. I mean, they're yeah. not like title contenders, but those are good basketball programs. So you're looking, I mean, you're going to have a good basketball conference. There's no doubt about it. That's going to be have a, a better one than you already right? have. That's going to be an awesome basketball conference. There's a chance that's, we're looking at this every Wasn't year. Houston is, a two seed? Yeah. We're, there's a chance we're looking at this every year is that's the best basketball yeah. conference in America. I don't know if that means anything. That's though. the question. Is that actually valuable in college? Not athletics? to the other conferences. So, certainly not to the SEC. Because when you're, because let's, because this is all going to be ultimate. Well, A, it's about the Big 12 surviving. That's 
the right. most important this, thing. That here. has a lot to do with this. Them, it's them staying alive yes. and not getting picked off and poached by other conferences, and all of a sudden it's, you know, Texas Tech's looking around saying, where the hell did everybody go? Right. Kansas State's like, oh, boy, what happened to us? But Kansas football's like, we're winning some games. <laughs> but the other, But the other part of it is their next TV deal, what are they selling to – ESPN or Fox or CBS, whoever they it is. have to sell football, don't they? I mean, if, if everyone else is coming in to sell football and you're coming in saying we're going to sell you Kansas Baylor basketball, I, I I'm shocked at that only because, like you said, we've heard from back in the days with the BCS and the Bowl Alliance, it's always been about football. And you, you're right, Kansas a few times has been asked about it, and even Bill Self says it's all about football. It's all about football. So why is that changing now? So. Here's a story. This is from 2019, so a little bit dated. But the Big East, which is a basketball-only yes, conference, conference, that's the they added Creighton and somebody else, but it's it's basketball. Mm-hmm. It's your Xavier, Georgetown, all them. There, those schools get 4.2 million per year in TV money. In TV money, that is comparable to what Mountain West schools are getting with their new TV deal. It's less than what the AAC schools are getting. 4.2 is not a lot. And that is a school that ha- they have big-time basketball to, to promote. They've right. got legit basketball programs to put on TV. That TV like TV partners are going to be interested in putting the Big 12 Georgetown on, on there. Yeah, oh, they're going to be interested man. in putting the Big 12 on TV. Big 12, yeah. But again, it's worth $4.2 million per year to a school, not $40.2 million like the SEC and Big 10. Well, mm-hmm. they're, getting, they're going to be getting 50. But it's, it, it's not as valuable. So it's an interesting play if they're – looking at it, trying to maximize basketball. I will say at the same time, this is probably their best way to maximize football too. Like if they're going to add schools, who would be better at, at just football than the four Houston, Cincinnati, BYU and central Florida. But those are good. I mean, Houston's down a little, but those are good football programs. Yeah. BYU's so, good. Central Florida's good. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati's been good in football. With yeah. Luke Fickle. I mean, they, they are good programs. Like the only argument I can think is if, if you were specific to football would be Boise State would be the only one. Like you would take. You mean you'd, you'd add Boise State? Like if your goal was, hey, we want to have the best football playing conference that we can possibly make out of the leftovers. Yes. yes. You're probably putting Boise State in that conversation. Yes. But outside of that, it's still probably as best as they can do for football as well. But it is interesting to hear how much, if they're interested in basketball, and how much they can actually sell that to television partners to get on TV. Because, again, it'll be a great conference. They're going to have great games. It's just not valuable. I, I just don't know if I believe the Pac-12 is done. Now, maybe it's two or three years, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bought in totally that they're completely done. I don't think any of their teams are getting poached. No, because the Big Twelve. I mean, Colorado had already done that game, so it's it's like I don't. I'm trying to think of any Pac-12 school that someone from outside that would would come and get, or could even be able to get. They're, yeah, they're so far west for the yeah, most it's part. Like, like Colorado's the farthest east, and they already the, did that. Would the Big Ten try to steal Colorado? Probably not. No. I don't think it adds too much to to the Big but Ten. But the more these teams get pushed out of the conferences, though, the more, like you said, the more the Pac-12 people are going to say, well, who gives us value? Because Houston gives you value with that TV market, and they're good at football, they're good at basketball. Like, that was the one number one team. If you could take any team that was not in a Power 5 league right now, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with the Pac-12, I would have taken Houston. You get into Texas recruiting, you get their TV market, they're good in the main sports. I thought that was the most obvious one. Then we got down into some Mountain West schools, and you're like, boy... After the market, I don't know what they give anybody. Yeah. 
It's I just no. I was almost ahead of my. Uh, I was almost ahead of the curve on my making you guys draft from the leftovers. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! All right, Drew McGarry <laughs> joins the show next. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. We're 100% vaccinated, our entire organization, all the players, all the coaches, everybody. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now is Drew McGarry from The Defector. All right, Drew, um, we talked to your co-worker, David Roth, earlier this week, and he told us at one point uh, he tried to teach himself how to throw a knuckleball when he was like in his early 20s or something like that to make a big comeback in baseball. What's your saddest athletic non-achievement in your life? I mean, I tried to develop a knuckleball when I was like, <laughs> Well, I feel like that's, that's sort of a basic, like you have a wiffle ball and you're like, oh, I could, I could throw a sidearm. <laughs> that comes incredible. Uh, I cannot remember. I can, I can teach people how to pass block. That's, that's, <laughs> I cannot pass block myself, but I can coach people without a license on how to pass without block. I do an okay job. He said you guys spent a lot of time, and why wouldn't you have on – playing for the power that is Bishop Sycamore. What did you make of that entire mess? Well, uh, Taylor wrote about it on Defector and made the argument that, you know, that's not the only fake school. You know, it just happens that it sucked. And <laughs> they, didn't do, they didn't do as good a job as being fake as their opponent, IMG, which, you know, is a school that, was, that is owned by an agency specifically to develop athletes with the educational part really an afterthought. And, of course, college football, you know, education is an afterthought in that entire industry. So, you know, we're really singling out Bishop Sycamore as being fake, and hilariously so. It just happens to be the most fake of a bunch of, you know, <laughs> a top of fraudulent industry. Wait, so you can teach people to pass block. Have you applied to be the next Bishop Sycamore head coach? <laughs> I could. I could indeed. I could be. I could even be the head coach of North American University. Oh, that uh, played on last night. It yeah. also does not seem to exist. <laughs> and, wait, hold on, Drew. Sorry. Do you know about North American University? No. Ed? They played, are they fake? They played Lamar last night. They <laughs> are. They are not in any division of college football. And like nope. their website says, they're hoping to join the NAIA. Yeah, man. They're the human fund of college football. Do they share the un- abandoned building with Bishop they Sycamore for their say, students? They're the next P.O. box over. They're the next P.O. Yeah. box over. Yes. That's, Both that's coaches show up once. Hey, yes. Bishop, how are you? Well, I'm just getting the mail. Yeah, there's a fake college football team, too. There's an extreme amount of black humor in, like, LSU being like, hey, you believe the balls on those guys? Oh, my God. So should we uh, get to a point where we just don't even send high school kids to school anymore? Just let them go play football? I mean, I think that that already happens. You know what I mean? Like the people that, you know, decide that, you know, it's better for high schoolers and college kids to invest entirely in sports are already doing that. Like that's just that's just what's happening right now. And NIL laws are going to legitimize that more than they did in the past. And the MTA doesn't have to pretend anymore. That doesn't change the fundamental bedrock of, of how high school and, and college sports operate at the moment. I live somewhere where high school sports are more or less regular. And I feel like that the majority of that stuff has been outsourced to the AAU schools and to the more legitimate 
Bishop Sycamore's where it's it's almost like um, its own uh, you know segregated uh, vector of high school sports. Uh, college sports is, is it's all over college sports, but in high school sports, it feels like it's been more or less concentrated where the people who could benefit the most, i.e., the administrators and the right. coaches, uh, can make the most and and have the least amount of bureaucratic resistance. You mentioned it. Uh, do we always do we all want to be Quinn Ewers today? Ohio State freshman quarterback reclassifies, and now he's already made one point four million off NIL. I also, by the way, I I I reserve the right to be skeptical of NIL figures, the same way I'm skeptical of NFL contracts and whatever YouTubers say they make. Like I need to see <laughs> some receipts before I can really validate it. And I think that they should make millions, but I'm I'm not confident in it because we're talking about. 18-year-olds who are like sort of the perfect target to be ripped off, even with NIL laws in place. Uh, Drew McGarry from The Defector with us uh, does the Why Your Team Sucks series. You did the Raiders recently. What was your favorite uh, fan response from a fan as to why the Raiders suck? I would tell you if I had gotten any. They moved, remember? So that makes it a lot tougher. Like It was with the Rams. Like a lot of my Rams uh, – uh, emails are from people who were in St. Louis who feel screwed over, which is funny because, of course, St. Louis screwed over Los Angeles to get the Rams in the first place. Um, and so, you know, there's still a lot of Vegas or Oakland fans who feel, you know, essentially stiff. Meanwhile, like, I think the team is still the most popular in Los Angeles. No, I think I, I don't know if that'll ever change. When they came here, that's what, that's what we said, that um, they, they will continue to be with two teams in L.A. The most popular one is the one in Vegas. Yeah. No doubt. And plus, it gives you an excuse to drive from L.A. to Vegas for a weekend. Of course. Uh, did you actually feel the need to write a why your team sucks about the Raiders, or couldn't you just sort of post their records for the last two decades? No, 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 because that, that's what, you know, that's sort of the, the response. That, you know, if I do it for the Browns, they're like, well, they're the Browns, duh, which is nice, and ha, ha, ha. But, you know, I actually do have to fill space, and I have to go through. <laughs> you know, it's a good way. It Honestly, the series is secretly – just sort of a refresher of what you just experienced with this team the year prior. Like, you know, I, you know, I go through the entire year, the changes in the roster and things like that. So you have the basics going into the season. I just happen to add, you know, sub friars club, you know, roast to the, to the post, but it, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go through the minutia of exactly how badly they screwed up and what they did in the off season that will make everything worse. What was the better investment for Mark Davis? his new house that looks just like his practice facility or John Gruden's 10 year, hundred million dollar contract. Oh, the house. That's not even close. Like, you know, I, I goof on the house and all that stuff. I guarantee you, if you let me into the, uh, you know, the glorified TGI Fridays that he built for himself, <laughs> I'd be like, this is nice. Like I, ha- I like chain restaurants and I like, I like watching, you know, Sunday ticket on 20 screens in a sad, like, <laughs> oversized bar. Okay, hold on. So, like, that's, that's exactly, like, my speed. I, you know, I think if I had to live there longer than a month, I might have a real problem with it. But, you know, if I'm visiting, I'm like, hey, this is so bad you got, buddy. Do you think he modeled part of the house after the bar at P.F. Chang's? Uh, sure, why not? I mean, it looks like, I don't even know. It looks like it was it was modeled after, like, a box of Duplo blocks he got as a kid or something. I don't even know. I hope he has a barber in there. No. To cut uh, you the know, hair. I mean, in the, you know, Tim Cowan of, of ESPN noted that he would drive 500 miles to get a bowl cut. Yeah. It seems very inefficient. You know, he could do a bowl cut himself and looks like he did a whole bowl cut himself. 
But I think he likes the tradition of driving far, far longer than it's necessary to do something stupid, which is sort of an NFL owner mentality in every place. If they didn't email you back a lot on, on that story, and they are obviously as crazy popular as they are, is this the most deranged fan base, given their team hasn't won anything in forever? Yeah, I would Yeah, I would say so. Because the second you say anything bad about the Raiders, like, oh, we're going to come stab you. And it's like, <laughs> it's like It's like they've never heard their team criticized before. And it's like, are you, like you've sucked all century. Like the entire, like two decades, you've sucked. You should be used to people telling you you're bad now. You should be used to seeing your team being bad now. And yet they're not. Okay, from Hard Knocks, the best things we've seen are Jerry Jones's eating habits. He put salt on a McGriddle, and he said that the best way to eat Whataburger is to let it sit for an hour and a half before you eat it. If you had Jerry Jones money, is not one of the first things you do is to hire a personal chef? Uh, no, it seems almost too healthy. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Like, like, you know, there is that subset of rich guy like him and like Trump where hot cuisine to them is like an endless Chick-fil-A spread that they can go to at any time. It's like, you know, it's sort of like a, like a six-year-old's wet dream. And I, I respect them. So I, I don't, I, I bet a Whataburger that's been sitting in a glove compartment for an hour and a half actually tastes pretty good. I wouldn't be against it. We're talking to chopped champion Drew McGarry, by the way. So yeah, he doesn't need a private chef. He is his own <laughs> private chef. Uh, Drew, should the Vikings add Cam Newton since they uh, already brought in those plastic dividers? No, because I don't think Cam can play anymore. I mean, I think that's really the ultimate reason why the Patriots got him. He, you know, he's he just can't play anymore. And he was, you know, he was broken down by his final season in Carolina. They tried to make it work with him last year in New England, and they, you know, they even they more or less created in you know a wishbone offense around him to you know to make it work so he he wouldn't be overburdened. They still couldn't handle that. And, you know, the, the COVID stuff is just as annoying with him as it is with Kirk and Lamar Jackson and Carson Wentz and all that stuff. But there's nothing left of him that can, you know, that can serve as an adequate, uh, you know, starting quarterback and, and probably not as a backup. Now, I know that was, you know, something that people said about Kaepernick when he was blackballed from the league, but it's totally different. Kaepernick was young and healthy when he was blacklisted. And Cam is getting, you know, has been put aside because he, he can't play anymore. I don't know. Are you at all excited for the Viking season? I mean, kind of, but Irv Smith just went out with a surprise. Oh, by the way, he's out for the year injury, and they always <laughs> have that. It's a new tradition. It's very fun and cool. And I'm sort of, you know, I, I'm looking forward to just having something to do on Sunday. That's, that's, that's the gist of it. I know they're going to fail me, but I'm so used to them failing me. But that kind of doesn't matter. It's just like I just want to watch something on TV for three hours and be annoyed about that. And I don't have to worry about the fact that, you know, climate change is coming for me. Or anything like that. <laughs> he is Drew McGarry from the Defector. Drew, thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs> yeah, when you asked him, like, private chef, I was like, you don't know me. Like, he literally did a whole thing where he, like, he did a whole food series. He's, like, really good at cooking. Well, he also said it was actually pretty funny. Like, why do you want, why do you want anyone making yourself healthy stuff? Because that's what yeah. a private chef do. Like, you know, this isn't very healthy. Let me make you this. Like, no, I'd like the Chick-fil-A. No, no. The key to the private chef is they make healthy food that tastes good. That is. He is right. You mean unhealthy food. No, no. The, no, no. Oh, I get you. So I, can, get you I can eat unhealthy food that tastes good from a fast food restaurant. All the time. 
Yes. I can cook myself healthy food that tastes like crap right. at home. But you know it's healthy for you. Yes. The key is to having somebody that really can make healthy, healthy food but it that tastes, tastes good. good. That's but why I, you hire the private chef. I, I I genuinely used to hate broccoli until I figured out, oh, we just have I've never had someone cook it correctly. Oh, I was I was gonna say until you poured all that fake uh, all that yellow cheese all over it. Like, <laughs> no, this broccoli tastes pretty good now. Genuinely little bit of salt. <laughs> That's why you get the private <laughs> yeah, chef. That's why you get it? So the yes. chef pours the salt so all can, over your broccoli? Cook broccoli properly. <laughs> all right. Coming up next, our sharp one again, thanks to Tennessee. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia. Come see a Kia on West Sahara. <laughs> Tennessee beat Bowling Green yesterday. So Josh is back and he is up to six. If he gets to nine, that is the magic number now to win a mystery jersey or a mystery hat. Uh, So here we go. Josh, where are you going today? Actually, okay, here's what you got. Because it's Friday and we're off on Monday, you can pick anything that's played today, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. So you have four days worth of games that you can pick between. Uh, So where do you want to go? How about let's go Oklahoma Sooner football. Oklahoma. All right. So Oklahoma is playing Tulane tomorrow at 9 a.m. That's the game that got moved to Norman. So... What are they? Oh, only 31 and a half. Oh, there's a chance there. All right. We got you in for Oklahoma. If they beat Tulane, we'll be talking to you on Tuesday, Josh. Good luck. Have a good weekend. Take care, man. Thanks. Only 31 and a half. He's a smart guy. (laughs) He's a smart guy. He's going now. And Jared said the other day, like, you can, these college football games, the first couple weeks where you have the powers playing, like, the really bad teams. I mean, especially since we don't do the points. I mean, he could win for the next, like, three straight weeks just by picking well, those games. Well, no, but we, we said it yesterday. There's not a game on Tuesday. There's not a game on Wednesday. Well, he'll find something. He'll find he'll find some bizarre soccer uh, game before uh, yeah. he gets to the weekend. Soccer, Australian rugby. <laughs> or or tennis. Although, it's getting harder. When you get into the second week, you have more upsets. <laughs> tennis. <laughs> yeah, tennis. The the one sport that our sharps have picked that Tyler every time he, every time they like, say a name, his oh. eyes widen. And he's like, "All right, great. I'm gonna have to learn how to spell that. What is that? Nine consonants, no vowels." Yeah. Hey, tennis. It's rolling. Yeah, you got three straight tennis picks in a row. Andre Rublev. Who's that? <laughs> about a real guy? No idea. That can't be. That's not a real guy. I don't believe it. All right. You know what I'm excited for, Ed? What's that? In what am I? Ten? Nine hours away? Oh, that's right. You're headed out. Yeah, I have a question for you, though. I'll be at Astros Padres. I'll be at all three games this weekend. Will Padre fans boo the Astros, as most fan bases have? Right. Or will Padre fans stick true to what you believe they are, and that is jealous of the Dodgers? Which they are. And will they applaud the Astros because they beat the Dodgers in the World Series? No, they won't applaud the Astros. They won't. No, because they're not smart enough to realize that or think about it. Right? They should. They should. But they're so small-minded, they won't remember the Astros even played the Dodgers in the World Series. Like, and I... They anyone, should. Anyone in the NL West, like Giants yeah. fans, Diamondbacks fans, they should all be no. happy they'll boo, about the Astros. They'll boo the opponent at this at the normal level of booing the opponent. But it won't be over the top. If they booed them for anything, it'd be the cheating because it's the Astros. But they won't think deep enough to say 
these guys beat the Dodgers, so let's boo them because they beat the Dodgers, or or don't cheer them, cheer them because they beat the Dodgers. I think they'll just boo like normal fans okay. boo the other team. I'm Someone just, hits, Altuve listen. hits a home run, they'll boo just because he hit a home run. I'm just gonna try to tell everybody around me, hey, you should love the Astros. <laughs> I'll I'll get a beat LA chant going. <laughs> what if you did? And, and then you look at the scoreboard: Dodgers nine, Giants two. And people are like what? what? <laughs> beat LA chant will be great. Get that going. The they Dodgers, know how to do that. The they know how to do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't great. do it a lot. They got swept last time. But I'm just saying. You do. <laughs> Look well, at you. You've gotten smug about it now. A little smug. They've finally fallen far, far enough back that oh, you're not Oh, yeah. They can't anymore. catch. I mean, you know, they're obviously going to beat the Dodgers in the one-game playoff, but until then, I can still be smug. Dodgers are going to win the West. Oh, I don't know. They're going to win the West. They've been, okay, Fangraphs, who does projections the entire season, even when the, what, what were the farthest back the Dodgers were? Did they get five back at any no, point? No, four and a half. Four and a half. Even when they were four and a half back, the Dodgers were always still projected to win the West. Really? Always. The, into the how, whole how, season. How accurate are these guys? I mean, as I think they're the best projection of any baseball out there. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So they've had they've had the Dodgers <laughs> suddenly, winning the West suddenly, the entire time. Suddenly, I'm a big fan. They're the best team. They've got the best roster, and all you got to do is not throw a bullpen game every well, four days. What are they throwing tonight? Well, no, Bryce has become more of uh, with Bauer out, become more of the the fourth guy. But they'll throw a bullpen game uh, coming up. They won't. Uh, I guess they'll go Urias Bueller now. So they got a chance to win one of the three. They're going to sweep them. Wait, where is it at? That's not happening. It's, in the, it, it's up there. It's That's insane. not happening. Okay, That's right. not happening. Yeah, they'll win two or three. Take two or three from the Giants. The Dodgers are significantly better than the Giants. I won't know it. Oh, by the way. Okay, you know what you need to do before you go off the grid? Just on Twitter. <laughs> off the grid. Just on Twitter, search Giants Cheating Lab. Cheating Lab? Yeah, everybody's just accusing the Giants of cheating because they're like, there's no way this team is this good. I Everybody's having a career year. Yeah, I think cheating. it's all Dodger fans. <laughs>